Hello and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and welcome back for another brand new episode with the second of two returning guests to celebrate one year of the show. Last week, we had the first ever guest on the podcast back, Laura DeBarra. Check out the episode if you haven't. And this week, the second ever guest on Housewives and Me is back. Vicky Nataro is here to, as you'll hear, run through what has become a vast library of housewives knowledge and viewing habits and thoughts that she has curated in really just under a year like she has watched so much of the show since I spoke to her for it last year and we've kind of chatted in DMs and texts about different housewives things over the year and I was like she really has taken up this scholarship this mantle very well so we get into the shows that are currently airing but it was really fun to get her perspective on shows like Atlanta and New Jersey having watched kind of all of it really in the last year so if, it also might be useful if you want to kind of get a feel for some of the cities you haven't watched because Vicky kind of touches down on so many of them. So, you know what? We covered a lot of ground. I'm not going to keep you waiting here much longer. Here is Vicky Nataro on Housewives and Me. My guest today is the editor of Stellar Magazine. She's the managing director of VIP Publishing and she is the host of the podcast, The Globe, which is about all things beauty and makeup and is a must-listen. And you may remember, she was one of the first ever guests on Housewives and Me. And since then, if I may be cheesy, she has had a glow up of her own when it comes to Real Housewives. The knowledge base has grown even more. Vicky Nataro, welcome back to Housewives and Me. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be back. And you are right in many ways. I have had <laughs> something of a, an insane Housewives immersion over the past year. It's like immersion therapy. Usually, you know, obviously you are coming back and we haven't had many returning guests on the show. So this is very fun. I usually ask someone how they got into Housewives. But with you, I, I want to find out how you progress because... When we first spoke, it was kind of New York and Beverly Hills, and now it's city. Just give me an overview of what cities you've watched, and then we'll get into the specific cities. Well, what we cities have I not watched? I mean, right, right, exactly. I would say I've done at least 30 to 35 seasons since we last talked. <gasps> yeah, I've gone full tilt. It's a bit crazy. And I mean, I, I guess it coincided with my husband's job getting busier, so him being available to me less, even though we're in the same house, and me not wanting to annoy him. So I would just hole up in my bedroom and just watch episode after episode. And then I'd start having it on the background and then I'd be going back. So I watched all of Atlanta at this point. Wow. And I'd watched none this time last year. So I'm fully up to date on Atlanta. I think I skipped one season, maybe season three. Um, one that people were like, it's meh. Um, I watched, I know, I, I will go back and watch it, but I want. I just, I feel the need. You were in on a journey. Oh, yeah, yeah, you were on a journey. journey. So I've watched all of Atlanta, all of Potomac. Um, I'm up to date on Salt Lake City, which is my current absolute fave and okay i have watched what else is there uh orange county i've watched several seasons but i haven't got really into it they, i just i know they're the ogs but i just find them more annoying than anybody else and um, i think it's like yeah. the rich old white lady thing it's just they, they're not as charming as the other rich old white ladies <laughs> you know what I mean? and then new jersey is my current obsession i am obsessed with New Jersey and I think the last time I was on I said oh you know they're a bit like Jersey Shore for me but that's what I'm really loving like I'm loving the glam after watching I think two seasons I went to the hairdresser and was like make me a dark brunette <laughs> make me and I've been away for the past 10 days so I haven't actually got my jersey fixed in so long but I'm to say I am bet into it is an understatement it is everything I want from reality TV. It's short men whose arms are bigger than their heads, whose biceps are bigger than their heads, and they have all this rage inside. <laughs> and they're also horny. And oh, it's just phenomenal. I'm obsessed. All right, so we have a lot of cities there. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to ask you about all of them, but let's do, I mean, I know you're following shows we talked about before, like Beverly Hills still. So I want to get into Beverly Hills because it's kind of, <laughs> to quote Chicago and Roxy Hart slash Erica Jane it's the name on everybody's lips so where are we with uh, where are you with The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills like like this big season pretty much up to date I'm keeping very much up to date with all the Erica news and memes and podcasts and etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know not a day that goes by I, I'll get a text off somebody about Erica and I have always maintained until very recently that I thought she was innocent <gasps> Yeah, I do. I, I think that she, I think what PK thinks is that she has been in a controlling marriage for a long time, that she's still being controlled somehow. And I think that while she's perhaps not squeaky clean, I don't think she knew enough for the, the abuse that she's getting. That's how I feel about it. Interesting. So how do you feel about how Erica is 
conducting herself on the show and social media because I think that for me is the rub I just don't like how she's playing it it's hard to kind of even root for her on any level for me personally I mean I've had guests disagree and there's you know so I totally get that but how do you feel she's playing all of this at the moment I think on the show I was really rooting for her for a while like when she was crying um, in the desert and people were slagging off her her mascara and all of that you know saying she, you know Camille saying she, <laughs> well I saw her underwater and she didn't look like that <laughs> Yeah. I was waiting for us till then because I was like, look, none of us know what it's like to go through something like this. It's absolutely horrific. And I hate the way people love to blame women for men's mistakes. But I think as she has, or not even mistakes, massive crimes, <laughs> I think <laughs> as the season has progressed, she has become more villainous. And I, I, I personally dislike Sutton intensely. So I can <laughs> Erica's frustration with something and how kind of underhanded she's being, you know, saying one thing to her face and another thing behind her back. That would rot me inside out as well. So I think I'd be reacting similarly. But I think what the worst part is how unreliable a narrator about her own life it, Erica is now. She's saying one thing to somebody else and she it's just not consistent and it's just making her look guilty, uh, making her look like she knows more than she's letting on. Um, I've always thought she was kind of very moral on her own terms, if that makes sense. Like she mm. had a very strict moral code that she lived by. It might not be everyone else's moral code. Um, her social media is pissing me off because... I mean, I get that she wants to defend herself and that she can't fully um, the way she'd like to, but she needs to kind of stop snapping at people and acting like she's done nothing wrong because I think the biggest, whether she was involved in Tom's shenanigans or not, I think the biggest thing she did wrong was not kind of acknowledging the victim sooner Um, and she needs to get down off her high horse about that and admit that, you know, she was kind of being a bit Mayfane about the whole thing. Hmm. but I don't think that she was involved in the so I don't think that she knew what Tom was involved in to to that extent but I also don't think she knows what she knows <laughs> do you know what I mean you know when you're hmm. involved in something and you're not 100% sure of what you whether you can trust your own recollection I think that's where she's at now it could be wrong she could be an absolute pantomime villain but there's something about her her own strict moral code that she appears to live by that tells me that she is at least somewhat or mostly I would lean towards telling the truth and that she would love to be able to say what actually went down but she can't for for one reason or another whether it's legal issues control both but I do I Jesus what would we have done without her this season like I don't know how <laughs> it's the only COVID season that's been really good because of this absolute drama you're right they they are really flying because they've had a good season but also we've come out of a weird covid period for all these shows in general where we're kind of skirting around like they can kind of go to each other's lavish back gardens and hash yeah. out their beef so we kind of ignore the lack of glamorous events you know in the traditional context but yeah i think you've hit the nail on the head that like something about how she's playing it just it's rubbing me the wrong way as well yeah. even though as you say there are nuances of like we shouldn't just put the hook on the woman it's like but yeah, she's also just been a bit of an asshole, particularly yeah. as it's gone on. It's becoming worse. Like the, the posting of the sexy pictures, they're not just sexy pictures. She's like literally bending over and you can see everything. And it's like, fun. there are victims and orphans, like widows and orphans. Just stop it. Like have a bit of read the room. You know, that's I think she's just missing that. But I mean, she's probably existing in her own little bubble. What is fascinating to me about it all is that Bravo have allowed everything to, to continue and yeah. have her as this central character in all of her drama, even though it's so messy legally. I know the laws are different in the States about libel and, and all of that. I just find it fascinating. I'm like, if she was guilty, surely they wouldn't have her front and center. But then, I mean, it's stranger things have happened in the past with Teresa and Joe. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just wild. It's absolutely wild. And what about Kat? Uh, you know, Kim is a longtime player in the show. We've wanted Kathy on the show for years. How do you feel about Miss Kathy Hilton? I'm obsessed with her. She is reality TV gold. Like from, I, I also do think she's playing a bit of a character, though. I don't think she's as dizzy as she has mm-hmm. on. But Jesus, everything that comes out of her mouth is hysterical. From like even just the blank stares or the not listening to people and just her butler and the lady that works in the house not knowing the lady's name. It's just. <laughs> yeah yeah it's wild tough i i do i think she's perfect television though i'm just like keep her do whatever you can to keep her 
Yeah, I agree. And I actually, I know people have been like, oh, Kathy should be full time. But I think the way they have her in this friend of role that's a bit more involved than other friend of yes. have been on this franchise is perfect because we get that little bit of extra Kathy. But also, I think if we were to dive into too much of how Kathy thinks, it might start to ruin the illusion of what we're enjoying right now. Yes, because I mean, if you've watched Paris's documentary about her life and Kathy's uh, kind of uh, role in that, and I mean, again, a lot of that could be attributed to ignorance to a point I mean what's that saying don't attribute to malice what you can to ignorance I mean I think Kathy's lived a life that none of us can understand because we're not bazillionaires by marriage and we didn't have the upbringing that she had so I find mm-hmm. I, I, what I'm fascinated by in my work and in my life is other people it's why I love trashy magazines about you know real life crap <laughs> and why I love reality tv I'm just fascinated by humans and I think we can just never understand anybody fully until we've experienced what they have and for you know obviously it's just not going to happen when it's Kathy Hilton you're never going to understand what it's like to be her um but yes I think you're right I think her being cast as the kind of ditzy whimsical older glamorous lady with who serves caviar pie for, for a starter for dinner <laughs> it's just it's <laughs> perfect but yes I want to keep her forever I also it has been I mean on a cynical level it's been really good for Kyle on the show but also it does seem to have actually helped their relationship in a way I just assumed when she's coming on I was like oh that's gonna really mess things up but they seem to have bonded over it I think so do you know what I had such a funny dream about Mauricio last night <gasps> yeah we were in Dubai together and he was trying to oh. think, me onto a private jet and I was going to let him <laughs> but I love their that you know they're quite open about the reasons that they haven't spoken in the past and all of their drama between their husbands and business and yeah like the, the, it has done Kyle the world of good you kind of sympathize with her <laughs> like you always sympathize with Kyle in terms of uh, Kim and now with Kathy as well I mean she is the kind of put upon younger sister that they treat like a baby but is actually the most able and <laughs> with it of the of the bunch but yeah it's I mean I find it interesting that we don't see any of Kathy's children or her husband or any of that really so I mean I think that's why they will keep her in a friend of role so that they don't have to bring in big daddy Hilton and kind of you know involve that kind of dynamic but yeah I think I've always liked Kyle I know she's probably a high school mean girl underneath it all but I've always really liked her she's always been the most kind of glamorous and she's always had the the most interesting lifestyle for me with her her lovely family and her nice houses and you know she she attempts to work sometimes <laughs> that's all <laughs> but yeah i think kathy has brought out kind of a, a funnier side in her there's a bit more comedy a bit less edge yeah it's been an interesting role reversal but I, I have enjoyed it there's so much we could get into beverly hills but we have a lot of other cities i want yeah. to dive into you mentioned that you're obsessed at salt lake city Salt Lake City is kind of airing its second season now. Why do you enjoy it, particularly as a kind of newer entry into the franchise? Well, I mean, I've always been fascinated by Mormonism and Utah as a place. And I love Mm -hmm. winter and autumn. And that to me is just like a dreamscape. Like it just looks so beautiful. And it just seems like it's kind of removed. Like there's certain places in the States that I feel are kind of far removed from the rest of the United States. And Utah is one of those places. And then New Orleans is another, Vegas is another, you know, it feels like its own little planet. And yeah, I'm fascinated by everything to do with Mormonism from like Brigham Young University to the polygamy to, I mean, even back in the Laguna Beach days, one of the gals was going off to BYU and it was like, I was like, ooh, <laughs> I'm just mad about it. Anything to do with sister wives. Um, yeah. So I think there's that. I think they have so much money in Utah. It's such a rich country or country, state. <laughs> Yeah, like the country. Um, it's very kind. It's just it's yeah, it's its own special little universe that's wealthy and glamorous and icy and like frozen the movie in real life, but with crazy ladies instead of princesses. And of those crazy ladies in Salt Lake City, who are the ones that you were drawn to or or are kind of interested in? I love Heather, Heather Gay. Mm -hmm. I think she's just hilarious and I just really appreciate her honesty. She's just really upfront about her life and the decisions that she's made and where they've led her and the guilt she feels about her children. And I just love how horny she is as well. She's always just trying to get (laughs) Um, I adore her. I really like Meredith that talks like this. She's like the queen. (laughs) And I love her kids. I just, she's, she's so frosty and it just works perfectly in the setting. (laughs) 
and Lisa Barlow is my kind of gal in terms of looks. I love a really pretty little delicate brunette, but I'm not wild about her personality. She's a bit too kind of, I don't know. I always feel like she's on the wrong side of everything. And then <laughs> Mary truly frightens me. I'm not going to lie about that. Like cults freak me out and just all of that stuff. She, I just find her really um, disconcerting. Uh, yeah. Whitney I like. I find her fascinating um, when she's like, oh, I want sex every day with my middle-aged husband. <laughs> oh, girl. Yeah. It's just so funny. And the episode recently where she just kept dropping the birthday cake, I nearly fell off my bed laughing at that. She's just like, you know, not on purpose funny. <laughs> and then Jen, oh, what can we say about Jen Shaw? Now there's somebody who's got some legal woes. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Like, you couldn't make that shit up. You know, I'm just fascinated by her in general and her marriage and just she just seems to have four different personalities they're just they're, it's it's brilliant television like it's I'm absolutely hooked on it I think and the new one Jenny I, I really like her as well she's hilarious and I know her husband from what I've seen of the the kind of foreshadowing of what's to come her husband is going to ask for a sister wife because he wants more children like it's just <laughs> make that shit up and that wouldn't happen anywhere else do you know what I mean I also love how much work they all have done like a friend of mine lives in Utah and she's like oh it's the cap it's the plastic surgery capital of the states so i just wow. yeah and i love how heather's making her money from us i never said that word aesthetics so you've got a mate who lives in utah like have they watched salt lake city or have they given you any insight because like i don't know anyone from that part of the world so i'm like kind of jealous that you have like an insider <laughs> info <laughs> yes it's my irish friend she's my personal trainer and she married an american guy He's actually from Nevada, but they moved to Utah and they've had a baby there. And she's just like, Utah's wild. You know, she's like, I love it in certain ways because it's really good for really fit people. It's really outdoorsy in the summer. I'm really like, you can do all awesome yeah. and all of that in the winter. Like the lifestyle is lovely there by, by all accounts. But yeah, she says that, you know, she does see those kind of people around and she's, she goes to the restaurants that they go to and the nightclubs and, you know, when the film festival is on, Sundance, um, you know, the, you get an influx of celebrities from all over to Park City. So yeah, she's she's living in that world and she said it's, it is as fascinating as it looks on TV. <laughs> That's good to know. I mean, even just you mentioning Sundance, I'm imagining Lisa Barr, I'm like, I'm the Queen of Sundance. Like, bit of tequila, I'm the Queen of Sundance. What's up, tequila? I am like just so enamored at Lisa Barr. But yeah, there's lots to dig into with that cast. Um, another, it's not new, new, but it's a more recent addition, I suppose, in recent years, is Potomac, which I know that you, in, in the time that we spoke, like, on this show, but we have spoken, obviously, you know, via text and whatnot, yeah. but you've gotten very into Potomac, which is having another great season at the moment. Um, what do you like about Potomac and, and, and what have you enjoyed about binging it and then following the new season? I love how there's kind of no filter in Potomac, more so than anywhere else. They'll read you straight to your face. They're just like, mm. you know, you're an absolute bitch or whatever. And Giselle and Karen's dynamic where they just hate each other but have to coexist is fascinating to me. Karen just making up all sorts of like paraphrasing people to the point where it's just completely ridiculous like saying that Giselle hoped her husband died when that's not what she said like I find Potomac kind of frustrating because I want to shout at the tv a lot a lot of them are <laughs> annoying like I love Karen she's a god tier housewife but she's annoying and Candace who I think I said this to you before I, whenever I see her name written down it's spelled like candy ass <laughs> oh she's such a candy ass like she's such a little princess but I find her fascinating and I love the way she can flip from being sweet as pie to like she's gonna get you and mm. yeah I, I mean I'm I am missing Monique though I know that things got really dark with her but Jesus like you could never beat her bringing the receipts in the binder to the, the festival. <laughs> I mean I really love Monique love Big Chris um, I, I love Giselle. I, I love those green-eyed bandits, even though they're bitchy and mean and kind of sometimes kind of boring. Particularly Robin. Um, yeah. And I, I have a kind of love-hate thing with the housewives. I'm not wild about Wendy either because I think she just always has her back up. She's always ready to, you know, feel just to have a fight with somebody for no reason. I feel like they could have a bit more fun together as a group, and then it might be a bit more enjoyable. You couldn't beat it for drama until these current seasons of um, Salt Lake City and Beverly Hills. Like the, there's been some knockdown drag out rows, which I mean is the bread and butter of Housewives. But I mean, I think 
Is it Potomac and Atlanta that have the same production company? Oh, I'm not sure. I think they may have. I know that Beverly Hills and OC have the same one. Yeah. And then, yeah, I'll look that up. But I think I read that in that guy Brian's book about uh, The Housewives, which is called The Housewives. Uh, Brian Moylan, yes. is that his name? Yeah. Um, yeah, Brian Moylan, yeah. I mean, there's they're close enough, Potomac and Atlanta. Well, they're not close enough, but they're like both East Coast kind of. And I think, I don't know, Potomac is such a weird place because it's not Washington, D.C., but it is. You know, like they're not. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's not the Real Housewives of Washington because we tried that and it did not work. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's kind of peripheral. And it's one of the only really peripheral cities. I mean like the rest of them are pretty major do you know what i mean so it's it's a funny one and it's interesting on potomac because they've kind of they're using potomac to find you know this kind of community of of affluent black women in a certain specific place in the u.s but also as the show progresses they'll casually mention oh it took me an hour to drive to your house and i'm like they're not near each other at all like they're so spread out like some of them they're like it took me two hours to get here it's like lads the potomac is a long river whereabouts these gals live like yeah i think they are just using that as a, a kind of common thread and they're not in the locality like compared to the other girls who pretty much live on each other's doorsteps in most of the cities. Yeah, it's funny. I'm particularly, like, as an Irish person, I'm like, oh, it's all, it's yeah. all in Potomac, whereas <laughs> people from Potomac are like, no, they're, like, in a like, two-hour drive. Like, like they're not near me at all. for dinner. Yeah. I went down to Donegal just for a drink with the girls. <laughs> like, it's a bit of a trek. <laughs> and I mean, it's so, it's, I think it's particularly obvious in Potomac that they haven't seen each other at all through, you know, when they're not filming. I think that's really glaring to me. Like, they've kind of held on to all this resentment for the last six months. Mm-hmm. And then they get back filming in, in the same room. They're like, ah. Whereas the others, they will run into each other. They do live in similar neighborhoods, like, particularly in Beverly. I know everyone talks about, like, Kyle living in Encino and not Beverly Hills. But I mean, they all have common threads. Whereas, yeah, Potomac, I think that they are just pinning it on this river. A show that you have, you mentioned at the top of, the, of this chat, but like, you mentioned social media that you are now fully obsessed with is of course Housewives of New Jersey which you went (laughs) Jersey the Housewives of New Jersey let's discuss that because you've watched you're I think you're kind of you're in the middle of watching it all but you're watching a lot of it why do you love Housewives of New Jersey and what stood out to you so far well first of all I am part Italian myself so I feel an affinity with Ah, these women yeah I've just come back from the fatherland actually I was in Italy last week (laughs) in um, Sorrento and in, in Napoli and my family would be from kind of the countryside outside outside of Naples but we're not the kind of family that there was anyone really left to to go visit so we're very Irish um but I I feel the affinity because I just feel like Italians they're like Irish people the Italian just sticks to you for generations and you know you can't get rid of it and I mean I just I love everything about it like I said I love their dark hair and their dark eyes and their fiery tempers and I love the kind of Catholic guilt that they have because I can relate to that from being Irish not that I would consider myself a practicing Catholic but it's just yeah the culture around Italian Americans is very similar I think to to our own in many ways much actually stricter in in modern times and Mm. I'm fascinated by how traditional they still are but the things that they're fine with you know they're not cool with melissa being a stripper but they can all hoor around in their little bikinis and you know swing out the poles and that's fine um i just yeah everything about it intrigues me i love the way they they mispronounce their own names like judice like that's not how you say it (laughs) i know for years i wasn't i for years i was like is it not Judice? And then they were kind of saying both at one point. I was confused. It's so funny. Like, I get that they've been Americanized to to a large extent. But what I love about Jersey, so many things. I mean, Danielle in the first two seasons is just pure chaos. It's utter chaos. And, and another one that I was just shouting at the TV every time she came on. Yeah. And then when she goes, I really love the Manzos, actually. I love that family as a unit. I love the parents. I love the kids especially the boys every time they come on screen I laugh um, and I'm sad. they're just going out of it where I am now so I'm quite sad about that I might watch their spin-off um, mm. I love I just love it all I love the way they can be tearing strips out of each other one minute and then BFF the next and I think with Jersey that one has the most ties of any of them because there's actual family ties involved in that series and you know, my brother, my sister-in-law <laughs> <laughs> it's the way oh. Teresa always says Daughters, my daughters, my daughters. Oh, and her daughters are so funny. Like, sorry, one of the most tragic things I've ever seen was Gia singing that song about 
her mother and her brother. Get up in the morning, thinking about so many things. And then that became a TikTok meme of all things, like, years later. <laughs> just want things to get better. Oh, my God. Like, I, I actually, I, there's some things that I cringe so much I have to leave the room. And if, if Joe, my husband, was anywhere nearby, he would have probably vomited. He cannot take anything cringy like that. Uh, yeah, I had to walk out of my room and, like, shut the door when she was singing that song. everything i just love it it's it's a brilliant series the complete lack of self-awareness on so many of their parts it's like they don't realize they're on television most of the time and you know the tape can be rewound and they can be you know literally caught out for all the shady shit they do to each other but anything to do with family dynamics and friendship dynamics which is the whole point of the show but especially family dynamics i'm fascinated by it's part of the i always say to to people i'm an anthropologist a cultural anthropologist <laughs> that's my excuse. um i'm just utterly fascinated by them all i do think it's it's funny too we're talking about like you know, who lives in each other, who doesn't. You do, I mean, Jersey feels like a lot of this stuff would happen. I mean, some of it wouldn't happen without the show because their fame becomes part of the storyline in a way. But like a lot of the interactions they have as family members, you feel like, well, actually, you'd probably have this argument at an Easter dinner anyway because that's just your family. No, I don't think there'd be anyone, you know, like christening where there's actual fisticuffs and people (laughs) winging out of each other. But yeah, no, you can imagine it. it. It literally feels like they don't know they're on TV. And they're just living. And then, yeah, I guess as it goes, as it progresses, they do get more, a tiny bit more self-aware, but a tiny bit. Like, you know, yeah, they'll call much. each other a bitch and a whore and expect them not to see that. And then, it, you know, become an issue. But I, <laughs> I just, having Caroline Manzo as like the straight woman, as like the boss. Oh, yeah. Sopranos. In my head. I can't, I can't kind of put it any other way. It just reminds me of, of the structure of the families in the Sopranos. Like, I mean, it's t- it's the reality TV version of The Sopranos, for sure. I always love, I think about it all the time, as like a housewife's moment, Danielle and Caroline sit down dinner in season yes. two. And, and Caroline is just like, you're a, you're a clown. <laughs> you call me a clown? Like, oh, they're just endlessly <laughs> lovable and hateable and lovable. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. I I actually can't wait to watch more. I need to make time in my schedule to to feast on my New Jersey housewives. I'm I'm curious how you feel about Teresa because she's one of the long term OGs of the franchise. I'm actually not a big fan, but people do adore her. Like, as someone who's knee deep in Jersey at the moment, like, what do you think of Teresa? I mean, I'd hate to be her friend. I would hate to have that friend. <laughs> you cannot trust that woman as far as you can throw her. She would literally stab you in the back for the crack. Um, but I'm fascinated by her. I also feel like I'd take a bullet for her. It's similar to how I feel about Ramona. You know, I'm, I abhor most of what Ramona stands for and most of what she says and does. But I just think she's such brilliant television. She's been put in her place quite a lot lately, which I enjoy. I haven't got far enough to see what's happening with Teresa. But I also feel like most of Teresa's problems can be pinpointed. I know I say I don't like to blame women for men's issues, but I feel like I can blame Joe Judice for a lot of Teresa's bad <laughs> qualities because he encourages her. He actually plants seeds in her mind where he's. I feel like Joe Judice or Jay is just a baddie and he's just kind of like the, the malevolent presence in Teresa's life that makes her do bad things because he spurs her on and he just he actually act, actively tries to make her do bad things a lot of the time. Um, so when, like, obviously no spoilers, but if anyone's caught up, there he's no longer an issue, shall we say. And I feel like that's yeah. good for Teresa. God, that makes it sound like he died, like she got him whacked. <laughs> <laughs> Which at this point in both Jersey and in Houses in general, I wouldn't even blink anymore. I'd be like, yeah. You know. like you know crime everywhere <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's a great way of looking at the Joe Teresa dynamic I love that another you know iconic franchise that you are fully up to date on bar like one season but still you've watched a lot of it is Atlanta which I mean I'm always trying to get people to watch and I'm so glad that you did how did you find your Atlanta experience you that made me watch Atlanta you were like you know a couple of other people were like oh you know so much of it and you were like no you have the time this was like lockdown two you were like <laughs> and I did and I felt wholeheartedly wildly in love I mean 
like a lot of the series, it's the the beginning is very old fashioned, and you, that's why I had yeah. to skip like season three. I was just like, I had enough of Kim's wig and her and Nini just seeing each other. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I felt hook, line, and sinker for Atlanta, and I think a lot of people didn't love the last season. They were saying, oh, it wasn't that great. COVID kind of interfered with it, but I thought that season was amazing. Like everything to do with the stripper, like Nini yeah. just disappearing halfway through. I mean, it, it was. I just absolutely <laughs> love it. I adore candy I would die for candy I always found Nini difficult I think I feel the way about Nini that you do about Teresa I mean I just think that she's I don't personally love her but I can appreciate that she's brilliant television and she's had these crazy ups and downs like obviously poor Greg is no longer with us yeah Jesus one of the funniest things I've ever seen on Housewives was him dressed up as the rat (laughs) <laughs> or the roach or the roach sorry it was a roach yeah I no yeah yeah, yeah. choked when i saw that it was so brilliant but like the level of petty that nini aspires to is just incredible to me she's she's just it's like she has zero filter and will turn on a dime as well uh i just love it i i love cynthia i'm so sad about her news that she's not going to be doing it anymore but uh, you know it's, it wasn't massively unexpected she's been doing it for a long time and her life has changed and she seems actually happy and content which is not very good for housewife <laughs> yeah. storylines so i love her um oh portia i think i've had the biggest journey of any housewife's character or star can we call them characters perhaps um yeah with Portia because I loathed her at first like I was fully team Kenya I still love Kenya um but when she came in I was just like who is this annoying little girl who's stupid like remember she didn't know about the underground railroad and yeah went on about her grandfather and then didn't know anything about actual you know the reality of it she just pissed me off big time but then obviously you start feeling sorry for her because of her marriage and then she just becomes this central force to be reckoned with and I was asking you the other day you know is is it her holding up filming of the new season because I really don't want them to do it without her I think she is the crazy glue yeah. that holds it together she's wild like what I find fascinating about Atlanta is all of the sapphic tendencies that are on display <laughs> all of the yeah the, the wild bisexuality and then some people being really like oh no that's not true it doesn't happen and other people like Candy being like yeah whatever like it happens I just like if the I think they win the horniest city of all like sex is a main kind of storyline in every single season of Atlanta see this is interesting because we have touched on this before in, in passing in chats in my head I consider New York the horniest city because they're obsessed with sex but they never have it whereas I think Atlanta is the most relaxed and liberated show because you know they actually probably all do have quite good sex life does that make sense like that's yeah. my but I know what you mean no, I get what you're saying as well like I think Ramona and Sonia I think the main reason that we're like saying that about New York is that Sonia is just always like taking her knickers off and throwing them around and Luann is always <laughs> you know doing whatever whatever so I get that they're like horny old ladies in my head mm-hmm, Atlanta, mm-hmm. I'm like yeah they're all young and hot like I think Portia's one of the most yeah. beautiful sexy women I've ever seen in my life but the, it's also yeah. behind the scenes and then it comes out and they're like you said you were gonna lick me till I come and you're like what <laughs> like where did I come from I just she was like you know when Portia came into it she was like very kind of holy and traditional and wanted to do everything yeah. and go to the strip club because her husband wouldn't let her and then all of a sudden she's having all these lesbian affairs allegedly and I just I couldn't get my head around it and then obviously Candy's sex toy line obviously being a, a storyline and them being whipped out every now and then and <laughs> like when I'm watching Atlanta I'm just like yeah it's like sex on the brain but yeah you mm. feel like they're all getting some and it's good that's that's good but yeah New York is just yeah they're just like oh ladies all trading the same guys and Oh, if I have to talk about that, is it Harry, that guy? Harry Dubin, oh, yeah, God, Dubin. depressing. Like, can somebody just not have sex with him anymore? I'm sorry, Harry. <laughs> I'm just like, he, that man has had enough sex to do him, you know? And then they were trying to, like, get Ebony involved with him or at least, like, make him an attractive prospect to Ebony. And she's like, no, you're grand. We don't all have to have sex with Harry Dubin. Like, I mean, I do, uh, I do get exactly what you're saying. But yeah, Atlanta just feels a lot more sexually charged, I think. Like, even flirting with each other's husbands like Kenya yeah. and yeah. Pedro's husband whose name Apollo of course Apollo Apollo like 
that was all crazy. That's I don't know if that's ever happened before, like literally accusing each other of having affairs with each other's partners. It's wild. Even um, even Nini used to always be like, hey, Peter. What? <laughs> to <laughs> to Peter. I was like, what are you doing? Oh, I kind of, <laughs> Peter was another one where I kind of did a 180 on him. I hated him at the beginning because I just felt like Cynthia deserved much better than him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sell her up the wazoo. But he grew on me so much because he was able to stand up for her. And also, I really did feel like he did adore her in his own weird way. Um, and I, she, you could tell she was kind of repulsed by him towards the end, which is awkward. Uh, but yeah, Nini and him had this hilarious relationship. I mean, the husbands on Atlanta, I think, have been particular standouts. Yeah, they're characters as much as the, the women themselves are. With Atlanta and Jersey, I think the husbands are kind of a, as much of a draw. Yeah, and they're much more involved, particularly on Jersey. Like even in, in more recent seasons, the husbands have really been big in the mix. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to watch the new seasons. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's like there's a few seasons of Jersey that are pretty slow, but then in the last two or three, it's been like spectacular again. I think once you get to those, you're going to be flying. We've kind of already started talking about New York, which when we first, well, first spoke, when we spoke for this show for the first time, you had, I think, watched a good bit, but hadn't kind of binged it all. And now you've binged it all and watched what was not a great season overall in real time. So how was that experience? I mean, watching it in real time with this, that was my first season that I watched in real time and it was bad. It was just very bad overall. So I actually, I don't think I've watched the last one. And then there was no reunion. It just, I just felt like there was so much wrong with it. I felt like there was two completely separate casts almost. So New York in general, I have loved. It's pure comedy. I just think some of the characters are just, they have the the most crazy arcs of all time. Like Luann going from being the countess to the jailbird to the the cabaret artist like it's it it absolutely fascinates me because there's nothing I love more than seeing somebody so snobby have to essentially (laughs) eat their own words and you know get a life and stop being so judgmental and rotten because she was rotten at the start she was fascinating to watch but she was rotten um so I mean I've really enjoyed watching Luann and I would die for Sonia Morgan. I really think that she's quite troubled at the moment, though, and I find it mm-hmm. difficult to watch her. Then Ramona's just, she's like the perfect villain for reality TV, but she also has her moments of sweetness that kind of, they're almost frightening. <laughs> and I love Mario. <laughs> I miss Mario. I really, I really want those two kids to get back together <laughs> because he's hot. I'm sorry. I fancy him. Um, and I mean, I love Jill. I love Bethany. I think the cast at the moment just needs a severe shakeup. I think that Leah is just not in a good headspace to be on the show and it really is kind of toxic and then I feel like Ebony is I really like Ebony I really admire her and I think she's really interesting but I don't think that she gets the show (laughs) is that weird to say I think she's just a bit of a fish out of water and it's it's her own doing it's like she's it's like she's never watched the show before she was on it does that make sense what's funny is she one of the things that came out kind of early on in that season like she was on watch what happens live and she was like oh before i was on roni i watched every episode and i i feel a little bit bad for her in that i think if it was a normal circumstances season her kind of her point of view as a broadcaster and you know having worked in fox and all these places she clearly wants to kind of get her side of the story out which is totally fine but i think in a normal season we would have got fun ebony as well and it would have balanced out because they couldn't really have fun it became these weird standoffs where you know, they focus so much on Ebony talking to Ramona about stuff and it just felt like you're actually doing Ebony a disservice here because okay. this is a big conversation, but it's not the sum total of her experience as a person or on this show. I mean, some of the uh, the Black Shabbat, I think Ramona was just disgraceful, but the dinner that they did mm-hmm. before that in um, in Harlem, I felt like Ebony was, I don't know whether they just edited, edited it unkindly towards her or whether she really was kind of, going on and I'm not reading the room and you know not it's kind of rude when your guests are so bored like they weren't even being rude to her they were just bored they were like this has gone on too long can we have a drink (laughs) I mean I think Ebony is absolutely fascinating I want to know about her career I want to know about her love life that broken engagement I want to know about you know I feel like she's kind of withholding a bit I really I thought it was really brave of her to share the whole looking for a dad thing um, yeah, I think there were just, I don't think it was any one person's fault that this season didn't go well. Leah maybe could be blamed a little bit because she, should... <laughs> yeah, she had such a good first season. And then the second one, she's, I just find her so irritating. Um, and it's, she is self-aware. 
and she is you know she's a smart woman she's she's not a bigot at all like some other people she's all for equality and she's a modern woman and she's an amazing businesswoman and mom but I just something was off and I don't know whether it was her grieving or whether she was kind of too shook by the reaction to her first season or what but I just I found the season really bad and I don't know what they're going to do to save it I hope that Sonia isn't sacrificed but then at the same time I'm like maybe Sonia could do it a bit of a break because Mm. she doesn't seem to be doing like Sonia's storyline has been the same since day one it's that bloody house her bloody (laughs) family you know that you know her divorced husband's family and yeah being drunk and trying to have sex with younger guys like that's essentially it for her I don't know whether it's this you know the safest environment for her I think she's been a bit out of control and not in a relatable funny way in a kind of frightening way this season yeah it's they're definitely gonna pause for a while I think like they kind of did with OC they're not rushing into production but I think they'll be able to save it I think as well New York is in a different place as a city in terms of what they can shoot so I'm hoping maybe with a couple of extra bodies at least and maybe some long time people taking a break they could salvage it like I kind of want them to cast another sort of person in Leah's realm of like age and perspective and kind of downtown New York so I do think there's something in the show introducing that in a bit more like I think that has such potential that they actually haven't even really gotten into yet I mean they could introduce someone from Brooklyn and like wreck everybody's oh. bus, you know? mm. but it's so funny like Brooklyn is the new Manhattan like it's I don't know if you've been recently but it's like the buzziest place and it's it's the most fun place I mean I think they were stuck in their kind of Upper East Side bubble for so long and at the time when it premiered it, and for a long time afterwards I guess it was the kind of upper echelon of Manhattan society but it's just not the case anymore and I think that's the problem the show hasn't kind of grown with New York it hasn't changed with New York and I mean it's my favorite place in the world and I've missed it so much and COVID has looked, has looked so extra frightening there because I guess it's so kind of confined um but yeah I think it's maybe the show isn't representative of the city anymore I think that's the problem and they tried to to throw people in that would be more representative but then at the same time they didn't work on the meshing well and I think they have to mesh to a point they have to at least tolerate one another's company I think that's a problem with Potomac for me as well is that they don't seem to tolerate one another very well yeah and you made a good point about actually the conversation around diversifying housewife shows and the Bravo shows because in a way it is much needed but also I think sometimes some of these production companies or even the network thinks well if if we have like a woman of color in the mix that will solve the problem it's like well you can't leave a woman of color out to dry in a reality show and you can't leave a younger woman who's got like a certain kind of a very different experience on her like they can't be an island on their own on the show like it has to feel organic so like how i think that's something they're actually learning as a as a network as well about how to bring the elements together in a cohesive way i mean absolutely and i mean the inclusion of Crystal in Beverly Hills, I absolutely love her. I think she's fabulous. Um, mm. the, it's Her inclusion kind of came at a time when, you know, Stop Asian Hate was trending and she gets dog's abuse. It's absolutely terrible. And I don't know how she puts up with it, to be honest. But I think she's a really refreshing addition to the cast. But I also do feel like they've kind of just thrown her in there and left her to fend for herself. Similarly with Garcelle, I mean... I get that there's an absolutely a need for inclusion, but there's a way to do it smartly, like you said, to, to not kind of have people have the, this is what I felt with Ebony, she had the responsibility for being yeah. the only black cast member on her shoulders and, and it clearly weighed heavily on her because she was so surrounded by these women that just don't want to look outside of themselves. I actually think Atlanta handled BLM beautifully. The way they shot it, the opening episode of the, of the last season, yeah. all the kind of... um shadowy confessionals and and Porsche's activism and I think they did a really brilliant job but that's obviously because you know as black women on Atlanta they're used to to dealing with all that bullshit and and they had this audience for for a while they had the world's attention so they could you know amplify their voices whereas yeah just just shoving anybody like yeah shoving Leah into New York with all these older ladies who haven't got a clue about life below the park is insane to me and ditto with with Crystal um, but I do think Crystal's handled it particularly brilliantly. And I think she is actually brilliant on Instagram because she's ready to clap back at people and call her a trophy wife or, you know, or just pure racist trolls to her. She doesn't take it sitting down. But at the same time, I'm just like, oh, this woman shouldn't have to deal with this shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things. I think some, I think there's an old school television thing of like, 
just put them together and let it happen. And it's like, sure, we love like flying the wall royal moments, but there is a duty, uh, and it's been talked about on Love Island and Drag Race, like there is a duty of care element, not yeah. just for people on social media going, I think you're a fucking annoying asshole, but also if you're someone from a minority background, you have to be given like the supports to then also be yourself. It's such a, it's it's a real fine line. And I do think that's actually going to be the makings of this next era of Housewives and what that looks like. Yeah, I hope so. Because I think that there are certain um, franchises that are, you know, really doing really well. And then some of the older ones just, they, I guess it's unsurprising. They're not moving with the times as quickly. But I mean, I think... Yeah, I think you're right. I think the next era, because I think it will keep, I don't think there's any end in sight. So I think the next era will be not one that's, you know, performatively woke, but that's actually genuinely changing with the times. Exactly. Here's hoping anyway. Um, Let's get into some of the questions that you have answered before, but I feel like we need to do a one year on update. So the first one we'll tackle is... You've been asked to put a tagline together for Housewives. What's it going to be? Oh, now this is a, tr- a tricky one because I love my original one so much, which was life's not all pink cashmere and rosé, but it should be, which is Clayton <laughs> with LVP, who I miss dearly. We, and we have to talk about um, Vanderpump Dogs. I'm sorry. Oh, wait, tell me, I haven't watched it. What's it like? It's brilliant. Now, I love dogs more than I love people. So <laughs> LVP and I can relate on that level. But it's just the campus show of all time. Like, she's in this big pink shop in West Hollywood. And, you know, literally, she's like a madam sending these puppies out with people. And then she's, like, judging the people. She's like, I don't know. I don't think you're going to take good care of this dog. And they're like, please, Lisa. And then you have, you know, you have your West Hollywood crazies coming in and going, I love this dog. I'll mind it for the rest of its life. And then dropping it back two days later off the street. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's lovely I think there's only six episodes but it's a really nice show like it's just comforting watch where you just get to see these nice puppies living their best lives and getting homed with people that LVP decrees good enough for them um and the staff are all really cute like there's one guy whose job it is he's basically a fluffer for these dogs to get them ready for their pictures (laughs) he's adorable and I just every time I watch it I'm just like oh my god I really want a job there can she hire me to be like you know VP of doggy interests and like absolutely going the next time I'm in LA <laughs> and not even to catch sight of her it's just the experience it's it's a really cutesy show but yeah my new tagline I don't to be honest I haven't had anything prepared but I feel like something to do with dogs could work though like even because Lisa had that one of her dogs so like I love dogs <laughs> and I'm still that bitch <laughs> perfect ideal and throwing a woof woof just for fun or <laughs> maybe I'm the brightest star in this town I'm the brightest star in the sky my life is stellar oh yeah okay <laughs> yeah even my life yeah like say even something like say you want but my life is stellar love it a bit of self-promo never goes in it. <laughs> Oh my god! If you were on Housewives, like they would eat up the fact that you like the stellar stuff. Like that would just be—I know Fade Street back in the day, but like that would be—that's perfect Housewives fire. I mean, call me producers. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's interesting. You mentioned Fade Street back in the day. That was so gas. But and I think people still really associate the magazine with Fade Street. Like we were uh, part of a task on Glow Up Ireland recently, um, and I actually was just glancing at Twitter to see, and the amount of people who were like, "Oh my god, Stellar Magazine, Fade Street too," and I'm like. Call me seriously, mm. but yeah, I know. Uh, they would they would eat that up. They'd all be trying to like feed me stories. They'd be like ringing me. I'd be like TMZ or Radar Online. They'd be ringing me to read me gossip, and I'd be loving it. <laughs> It'd be like LVP. Be like Vicky. I saw what you wrote about me in Stella Magazine. I'm really not. I'm really. I'm really, not I'm really not happy with you. <laughs> I mean, like, imagine all the, I, what I can't understand, I don't know what, what, obviously in the States, like the magazine industry is incredibly different and much more high profile and, and, you know, Mm. much more A-list, but I can't believe they're not on more magazine covers. They have such an audience, even like, you know, more local, I know they do the odd, you know, Hamptons magazine or, or Beverly Hills monthly or whatever, but like, I feel like some of them have just become true stars and it's like you could capitalize on this American media it might be what you need it might be a bit of a kick up the arse for you like Rinna and her I just I love Lisa Rinna if I was editing you know a a middle-aged ladies magazine 
in the US. <laughs> I would have Rena on the front and have LVP. I'd have Garcelle. I mean, they're just, I, I don't know. I think they're still really kind of disrespected. And it's like, hang on, you're cool with other reality stars that are, you know, not so fabulous. And the, the poor old housewives get neglected. So as an editor, I would love to be able to put them on my, on my cover. I'm actually raging that uh, Claudine Keane never appeared more yeah. on Beverly Hills because I mean she's our Irish hun. We could do you could use an Irish hun on one of the shows. I know it would be fun if Claudine was on the show with Dorit and she's like Claudine, <laughs> do you want to try on my wedding dress? The actress <laughs> PK and I named it. I mean, like, like perfect, <laughs> perfect. But I, I honestly think they'd have trouble understanding Robbie. Like he's such a yeah. dumb an accent to be like PK is one thing, but Robbie is another. But yeah, I think if we had if we had an Irish hon on, it'd be great. You never know. Like there's I'm sure there's plenty of like wealthy Irish ladies floating around in all of these cities. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure it's only a matter of time. Um and that's interesting what you said about the magazines because I have noticed that too, like the tabloid press like from people magazine through to us weekly they definitely still court the housewives but there is a bit of a line where you'd see a netflix reality star on a cosmo cover but you wouldn't see and it maybe is slightly an age profile thing but like maybe it's like i don't yeah i've i've thought that too that they do get good media coverage and that you the instagram followings are huge you can look at yourself but like it's interesting that sometimes traditional media is a bit, who knows what the politics are with all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, the Kardashians, it, they t- it took a while for them to be accepted as as not just reality stars. And obviously now they're the, you know, the most famous people in the world. But I mean, they were on Cosmo pretty early on. And it's just like, maybe, maybe it's an age thing. Maybe it's, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Because some of the housewives are young, glam and gorge. Like, I mean, the Atlanta yeah. girls have done quite a few of the magazines like Essence. And Candy and Nini have done that. And Cynthia Bailey is obviously a supermodel. But yeah, I'd like to see more. I want to see them on all of my magazines. <laughs> I know, please. We should do Housewives Monthly now. There's oh a magazine. God, like literally the dream job. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other big question we always ask guests, and I think this will be updated for you because you now are so familiar with so many more Housewives. Oh. But you're throwing a dinner party. You can have five people over. Housewives, hangers-ons, husbands, friends of, as I always say, which five are coming around to yours for dinner this time? Well, I'm not inviting Kathy solely because she turned her nose up at everything in my house. <laughs> oh, this is darling. Is this yours from Italy? Oh, did you just get this? Like, oh. the guest house. This is, you know, the pool house. You know, she would hate it, even though I adore her. So I'm having Mauricio because I want to. <laughs> Maybe I'll just call the lads. That'd be quite fun. Um, yes, I definitely have Mauricio. I definitely have Candy and Todd because I love their dynamic, they're good crack, mm. they're funny. And you know, for someone who doesn't drink, Candy never, like, she she just loves the party. She doesn't need a drink, you know? <laughs> yeah. She's just living her best life. Um, for drama, I'd bring Kenya, because I, she would absolutely bring somebody else that would yeah. cause a ruckus, like the cookie lady. Um, <laughs> and then I, Sonia, I have to, because I adore her. Kyle, I, I guess I'd invite her with Mauricio. Maybe, maybe not. And then I want Heather Gay because she'd be literally trying to give everybody Botox at the table. And like she'd tell us all the goss from her days in the Mormon church and about all the sister wives and all the goings on at BYU. Um, would I have anyone from Potomac? No, they're pissing me off at the moment. So I'm not having any of them. Um, and I feel like I want <laughs> I want to bring Vicky because she's my namesake and she's an OG and she's fucking crazy. And again, I think she'd feel like a real fish out of water in that scenario. So yeah, I think that's what Sonia, Kenya, Vicky, uh, Candy and Todd, Mauricio, maybe Kyle, if I'm in the... <laughs> I love that the guest is for your one for your new one it's very eclectic I wasn't quite expecting that and I mean can I invite Chris Jenner as well because she's you know peripheral and she's my dream dinner <laughs> guest so <laughs> I th- yeah I think we'll have to squeeze in Chris for all time's sake as someone who has watched so much of the shows in the last year and obviously <laughs> I'm sure you get this question now a lot like on social media from friends like if someone's a newbie or maybe they've done the Beverly Hills thing and maybe one or two other cities like where are you pointing them in terms of what to watch or what to try? Well right now Salt Lake City because it's relatively entry level you've won and a bit seasons it's so dramatic there's so much going on there's news breaking all the time so I'm just like mm. if you've if you've done your Beverly Hills you're maybe dabbled in New York I think a lot of people struggle with the early New Yorks as we've talked about before because they're so old-fashioned so 
Salt Lake City would be my go-to at the moment. But then I'm trying to persuade everybody who, like you before me, to watch Atlanta because it's just yeah. pure gold. It's gold. Like the, the transformations, the the character arcs, the the behavior, it's all just wild. And like there's some sort of fairy tale element to Atlanta as well with, you know, Nini getting her Hollywood dream and then being robbed of it again. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, there's such peaks and troughs in Atlanta. And yeah, there are a couple of dodgy seasons like the one with that annoying child actor I couldn't stand her. I can't remember. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Is that Kim as well? Is she another Kim? Yeah, Kim Fields. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't stand her. Um, but I mean, the, there has only been one four-part reunion before the, the upcoming Beverly Hills one, and that was Atlanta. Was it season nine? intense yeah Nine. it was yeah yeah and i mean that was just jaw on the floor stuff so i mean yeah you know phony phaedra phony fey fey all of it it's just wild but yes i think if you're if you're entry level salt lake city if you're ready to go a bit deeper atlanta i love that and you know what's funny about atlanta too like particularly now in the era of like a new nini meme going viral every other month <laughs> is you get to see so many pop culture references have come from housewives of atlanta and you're like oh that's where the white oh. refrigerator comes from <laughs> or whatever totally like my husband's like oh, if he catches a, gl- a glimpse of what I'm watching he can't stand the noise but if he catches a glimpse he'd be like oh that's where that's from like from Taylor yeah Pat in Beverly Hills Janini like everything he's just like oh that's that girl <laughs> yeah exactly it's so weird it's so weird wild We've covered a lot of ground, a lot of shows you have watched, but are there any kind of housewife shows that are next on your to-do list or what's next on your housewife's journey? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I might dip my toe into Melbourne. Yes. Yeah, because I really love Aussie reality TV. It's crazy. Like, I mean, from Married at First Sight is is the obvious one that a lot of people watched over lockdown as well. Um, And I, I, yeah, I just do love Aussies. So I might dip my down to Melbourne. Um, I don't really want to watch Dallas because it's kind of stopped now, hasn't it? It's on hiatus anyway. Yeah. And I feel like the last season was quite badly received, wasn't it? So I'm just a bit ooh, about that. Um, I keep giving the OC chances and it just keeps pissing me off. I mean, I haven't yeah. watched the season where they come to Ireland. So I think I have to watch that. Just You could just watch those few episodes. I think... Yeah. I have a feeling this, like, Heather Dubrow return to OC is going to be a bit of a clean slate. And I think when that comes back, you could just try watching that season at the time and then see, do you want to go back to maybe some of Heather's seasons? Because OC is one of the ones I really have blank spots on. So even I'm like, oh, I really need to go back and (laughs) do my homework there. I mean, they they just mostly irritate me. I I don't like Heather and I don't like Terry. I think Fancy Pants is just so stuck up. I'm just like, Fancy Pants, stop it. Like... But I mean, there's obviously iconic moments that I feel like I've missed out on. So I'm going to have to dabble, aren't I? Yeah, I think Melbourne is a good shout though. I think particularly if you like Aussie reality TV, it's like a lovely blend of their take on reality TV with the joy of Housewives. Uh, yeah, I love all things Aussie. I mean, from back in the day, from Neighbours and Home and Away, like we kind of grew up on Aussie Johnny, you know? So, and there, yeah, there's some characters. Also, I saw that Shane Lynch's wife is going to be on Cheshire. Now, I famously am not good with British reality TV like I can't stomach Towie made in Chelsea piss me off after the first few seasons but maybe because Shane Lynch I might dip my toe into that yeah I saw that that is so interesting particularly because he's a bit of a character like he could be one of those housewives who's been sick out but I've never watched Cheshire so that's we'll see if I if I dip my toe in there before we wrap up where can people find you online and where can they tell us about the podcast and all that good stuff? Do you know, I'm mostly on Twitter these days. So I'm at Vicky Notaro on Twitter and you can find me in Stellar Magazine every month. And our podcast, The Glow Up, yeah. So we've, I think we've 60 odd episodes of The Glow Up now. It's fortnightly. Wow. It's taken a few breaks over that we do kind of series. Um, mm-hmm. Glow Up is, yeah, it's my my little baby. It's our little beauty chats. We say it's like desert island, desert island discs for glam and mm. really wide range of, of characters on there. Um. The most recent episode is with Neve Cullen, who's on Celebrity Hell Week. I don't know if you've been watching it. It's crazy. Like I haven't, but everyone's raving about it. But I, I honestly feel like I want to watch it, but also I would be like just shitting myself watching other people get screamed at. <laughs> That's why I have, yeah, even though I watch it. I have no tolerance for like vicarious fear. I can't do roller coasters or horror films or anything. And when I'm watching that show, I'm crying for them. Like I, Neve's a few years younger than me, but we grew up around the same area and we've known her for a long time and I'm just like don't shout at Neve. she's a nice girl <laughs> you know? well, that's the kind of reality tv that I, I would struggle with more now I have to say but yeah it's it's just really nice beauty chats if you're into glam and you know we always get into everyone's career and stuff like that and we actually have a lovely new podcast called The Skim 
and that's coming back for season two very soon. I think you've had Rebecca on, uh, one of the hosts. Yeah. She's my deputy. She's amazing. And she, that's a pop culture podcast, which I'm actually probably going to get a bit more involved with this season because pop culture is my favorite thing ever. So yeah, they might have me as a guest uh, sometimes. But yeah, Stellar Magazine is in all good news agents every month. So that's where you find us. And where can people find Stellar online as well? At Stellar Magazine on every platform. There, The girls are on TikTok and everything. I personally am not because I'm too old for that shit. I, I feel like I watch all the best of it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we've got the podcast, we've got you on Twitter, and we've got Stellar Magazine as well. I think maybe this has to become a tradition and in a year's time, we'll do the third. Oh, yes. We'll complete the trilogy. I would love that. Oh, my God. And we'll have to get you on the glow up to talk about your glam. Oh, my God. I mean, it's it's there are some elements to my glam, so I will be willing to discuss the my minimal glam yes i would be into that you've been a queen i've seen you in full drag (laughs) absolutely and your skincare radiant oh thank you very much okay well we'll have to put that in the diary and but until next time whenever that might be vicky notaro thank you very much for coming back on housewives and me thanks for having me that was Vicky Nataro here on Housewives and Me. Of course, you can check out the podcast, The Glow Up, that she hosts for Stellar Magazine. And as she mentioned, she'll be popping up on The Skim, which is uh, Stellar's other pop culture podcast that they do as well. And I'll put a link to Vicky's social media in the show notes if you would like to follow her there as well. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you liked what you heard today, please consider leaving us a rating or a review. It really helps the show find new listeners and make its way out there in the wild world of podcasting. If you want to follow the show on social media, it's at Housewives and Me on Instagram and Twitter and you can find me on social media under it's Connor Bean as well again all those links are in the show notes for this episode thanks so much to Vicky for coming back on the show and I'll have to you know see if there's any other guests from yesteryear <laughs> as in the last year that might return as well because I've had a few suggestions online so there's been some good ideas so let's see what we can do there but until next time thank you very much for listening stay safe and I'll talk to you soon 